And uh, today I want to talk about review and renew. Review and renew. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Psalms, Psalm chapter 1. Uh, if you're in the booth, that is not in my notes, so I'll catch up with my notes in a minute. But uh, if you're a guest this morning, thank you for coming. I know we have some first-time guests to HBF. We're glad to have you here. We've got, I know, family and friends that are in. And uh, on, a, on a New Year's Day, it's good to have anybody. And so I'm thankful for everybody that's here. And I know you're prioritizing the Lord this morning. And I pray that uh, you are encouraged in the Lord uh, this morning as well. And so if you're joining us online, we are glad that you are with us. And, uh, <clears throat> and we pray that, uh, pray that you're encouraged in the Lord as well. So uh, Psalm chapter 1 is uh, where I'm going to start this morning. We're talking about, uh, obviously it's the new year, and I was thinking about the subject of, of renewal. Uh, a lot of things in the Christian life uh, are really about renewal. When you think about renewed, renewal, today that's kind of a buzzword because of renewable energy and things like that. And really, the cool thing about <clears throat> making all things new is that in Christ, we have a limitless supply of, of, uh, of God's power, His love, His life. And in Psalm chapter 1, the Bible says in verse 1, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff uh, which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish." And so really what I want to just focus on here in verse 3 is the fact that, you know, Christians are like trees in the sense that we're planted by the rivers of living water. We're renewable, right? And, and we're eternal, beyond renewable. I mean, we are eternal, but we have seasons, uh, and all of us go through different seasons of life. And, and so this morning as we come together, there's a lot of things that, that, um, that can be pulling at us as we go into 2023. The world is not what it used to be. Uh, it's always changing, but there's definitely a sense in which things are really, really changing. And so you come back around to New Year's and, you know, another celebration and another ball drops, another fireworks going off at 930, uh, whatever, you know. Um, but really, as Christians, what are, we, what are we looking at in the new year and what do we really want to have? Now, last year, we, um, last year when we came together, uh, we set forth a vision based on Isaiah 26 and verse 3, it says, That will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. And I really found it very important last year, as it was our seventh year of rest, to, to really you know focus on that. Now, next week will be our vision update. This is not our vision update. I knew that our whole church won't be here today, so I wasn't going to do that. I'll do that next week. But I do want to continue on, you know, regardless of what you know our seven-year cycle is and all of those things is, you know, having perfect peace in a time like this is so important. And one of the ways that we have, per, you know, one of the, the ways that we have that perfect peace, obviously through the Lord Jesus Christ in the mind of the Spirit, right? Romans chapter 12 um, is so important to us. It's important that we renew our mind and our mind is renewed. But that also means our hearts and our relationships. And so this morning I want to just talk to you about some things that we can renew uh, as we review and we look back at, at what's happened this last year or even this last decade or, or maybe your whole life, you can stop at a time like this at the beginning of the year and say, you know what, Lord, I need to make sure I'm renewed. Like the tree that's, that's by, the, by the river of living water, right? It, it has its fruit in its seasons, and, and, and it comes and it goes, but there's always a, a steady supply of, of the life of God. And we get that through the Spirit of God, through the Word of God, through the local New Testament church. And so I pray that the peace of God that passes understanding will always be with us uh, as we go into this new year and we consider our responsibilities and our roles and we consider the shape that this world is in. It's so important that we are at peace with God because it's our job to bring the peace of Christ to such a troubled world that we're living in right now. And so maybe you're here this morning and in spite of your best efforts, you've, you really haven't had your mind stayed on the Lord and, and you really don't have perfect peace. I just want you to know that's okay. That's where a lot of people find themselves uh, <clears throat> because it's a good time. It's New Year's. It's a good time to go ahead and just allow God to, to work on us and meet us where we're at and take us where we need to, to go. 
there, there is nothing uh, new under the sun. But when we are in the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, we're a new creature. The Bible tells us old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And that means everything in our life, regardless of how many times we have trodden over it, becomes new because, because of the change that Jesus Christ has made in us through His Spirit. So sometimes we forget to forsake... Uh, we've, I'm sorry. Sometimes we forget or we forsake God's goodness and grace and need a reminder of what He has done to make us new. And we need to refresh her, so to speak. Just going over those videos, uh, and it was just really cool. There's things I forgot. We had a bit, I mean, I can just recount all those, the baptisms, the, the HBI graduation. There's so many major things. People have gotten saved. Lives have been changed. I mean, these are big deals. And, um, and yet we're just kind of on to the next thing oftentimes, you know. And we can't live in the past, right? We can't just stay there. But we can look forward to, to seeing God continue to do those sorts of things. But we don't want to take for granted what he has done, right? We want to be thankful. We want to have an attitude of gratitude. And we want to be uh, in, a, in a position where God can, again, renew and bring to pass things that have happened before and will happen again because it's his church, it's his ministry, it's his, his will, right? That people be saved, that people be discipled, and that people be sent. So what I'm going to cover is four things this morning in the time we got left. And I'm going to talk about renewing our commitment to the kingdom of God, renewing our heart, renewing our strength, and renewing and being uh, renewed in repentance. And so those are the four things. I'll give them to you real quickly. That's your outline, so I said it fast. But if you have your Bible now, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 11. 1 Samuel chapter 11, and uh, you guys in the booth now are on track with me. I'm, I'm back where I was supposed to be. 1 Samuel chapter 11, which is going to seem like a strange place perhaps to start, but the reality of this subject of renewal, this is the first mention, and for those of you that track with me much, you know I like to, to do uh, first mentions and context and all those things are important. I like to know where, where things are. Um, and this topic of renewal and renewing, uh, the first time you actually see it is in 1 Samuel chapter 11. And it is a very interesting, it's a really interesting passage that uh, the Lord gives us here. In 1 Samuel chapter 11, just the context is is when uh, Saul has had a victory. So it's kind of a, it seems like a good thing, but it's really not so good. So it's kind of a, kind of one of those things. It's sort of like our lives. It, it's kind of half good and half half not good. But anyway, he says in 1 Samuel chapter 11, in verse 12, <clears throat> and the people said to Samuel, who is he that said, shall Saul reign over us? Bring the, the, the man that we may put him to death. Well, that's, we're getting off to a good start. All right. And so let's put this guy to death. And Saul said, <clears throat> there shall not a man be put to death this day. For today, the Lord hath wrought salvation in Israel. Then said Samuel to the people, come and let us go to Gilgal and renew the kingdom there. And all the people went to Gilgal, and there they made Saul king before the Lord in Gilgal, and there they sacrificed uh, or the, uh, sacrifices of peace offerings before the Lord, and there Saul and all the men of Israel rejoiced greatly. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity this morning to just uh, to, to have your word, first of all, to have your words in our language. We're thankful for all that you've done this, uh, this last year, this last week. Uh, Lord, this last 24 hours, Lord, you're always working in our lives. Thank you for the opportunity to just sit back and review uh, what you have done this past year. It's, it's outstanding, Lord, to see what you have done in the lives of so many of your people. And Lord, even to this morning, Lord, we pray as one of our men is out preaching uh, in a church, Lord, that, uh, that we've sent him to, Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity to accomplish your mission, your power for your glory. Lord, we pray this morning. As we look at this subject of renewal, Lord, we, we, we pray, God, that you would just help us, uh, Lord, to understand our need to, to uh, Lord, trust you to be planted and grounded in the words of truth. Lord, allow the Spirit of God to uh, encourage our hearts so that we are an ever, everlasting source of life, like an evergreen tree. Lord, I pray, God, that we would ever uh, be renewed in the knowledge of your will. Lord, I thank you and praise you for loving us and giving us your son, Jesus. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so uh, the first point that we have here is we need the renewed commitment to the kingdom of God. I don't think there's ever a, a time where we need a, definitely a renewed commitment to the kingdom of God any more than now. Uh, and so Samuel, uh, he sidesteps the calls for his execution and calls the children of Israel to renew the kingdom. Now, this is not the kingdom of God. This is the physical kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, but it's a good parallel. We have a situation here where, where Saul, uh, uh, Samuel, the last judge of Israel, 
<clears throat> is working with Israel in spite of his best uh, judgment uh, to install uh, King Saul as the king. King Saul uh, was a reluctant leader, uh, and he ends up becoming the king. He wasn't really God's choice. He was the people's choice. But nonetheless, uh, they go out to war and with King Saul, and they win. They, they defeat their enemies. Everybody's excited. Um, and so they say, well, look, you know, Samuel, you told us that this wasn't God's will, so we think we should kill you. And uh, fortunately for Samuel, Saul's like, hey, man, don't, don't, we're, we're celebrating the big win here, Big W. Let's not ruin it by killing the last judge uh, in, uh, you know, in the Bible, right? Uh, and so you notice that you know, Samuel just kind of steps over all that. He doesn't even worry about it. And he's like, hey, guys, I'll tell you what, let's do this. Let's go down to Gilgal and renew the kingdom. Let's go down to Gilgal and renew the kingdom. And, man, I thought, when I read that, I was like, wow. First of all, Samuel was not, he could care less about what everybody thought. I like that about him. But he's focused on the kingdom. Now, many people, I was thinking, what would they think when he says that? Renew the kingdom. Because many of the people didn't think they had a kingdom. Many of the people didn't think they did, had a, They didn't think there was a kingdom because there wasn't a king. That's what the whole hubbub was all about. We need a king. We need a king. We need a king. And so uh, got, they got what they wanted, and they got Saul, which is a type of the Antichrist, and you guys know how that goes. And so they wanted a king. And so in their mind, we didn't, we didn't have a kingdom. But yet uh, Samuel, Samuel, he doesn't see it the way they see it. Isn't that the way it is? God's ways are not our ways, are they? His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. He says, hey, uh, since we're talking about victories here, why don't we do this, y'all? Why don't we roll on down into Gilgal, and celebrate this together and renew the kingdom. Renew the kingdom. Uh, that's interesting. So as many of you know, Samuel lived in the time of Judges, and he is that last judge in the nation of Israel as the heir of human kings begins at this time. So God didn't want Saul, uh, but the people did. And in 1 Samuel chapter 12, after they get to Gilgal, after they all celebrate and rejoice, and they kill those sacrifices, and they, they, they do what they need to do, then Samuel stands up... <clears throat> And he says, hey, guys, and I'm going to paraphrase it. You can go read it later. <laughs> he says, hey, is there anybody here? I've been, I've been with you all since, literally, right? Hannah, his mother, dedicated him at the temple. He was raised up under Eli. Since I've been a child till this day, have I done anything but try to help? Everybody's like, no, Saul or Samuel, you've done everything just to help. And then he's like, hey, uh, okay, i got a witness. Have I stole anyone's ox, right? Have I done anything to hurt anybody? If I have, I'll repay you right now. And everybody's like, no, you're, you're good as gold. He's like, okay, good. Now that we all got that out of the way, and he, lay, and he establishes his integrity, then he just drops it, the hammer on him, and says, oh, by the way, just so you all know, um, this was not God's will. Your king, Saul, was not God's will. However, and I'm paraphrasing this. You can go read the, the long version. However, God will bless it if you just simply obey. I mean, just go hard after God. So, what, so, so here we are at Gilgal, and here we have 12 stones of remembrance in the Jordan. This is the place where our reproach was rolled away. You know what he did? He went back to that day where they, where they crossed the Jordan River, and, he, and they put the 12 tribes that had the 12 stones, and, and they went around uh, Jericho, right? And the walls of Jericho fell, and all of that is all about this. And when did the kingdom really start? Well, it started when God brought you in the promised land, because as he points out in chapter 12... Uh, God is your king. God is your king. That's who has been your king this whole time. As a matter of fact, it says in 1 Samuel 12, 12, And when ye saw that Nahash, the king of the children of Ammon, uh, came against you, ye said unto me, Nay, but a king shall reign over us when the Lord God was your king. God was your king. Okay, just letting you all know. And he lays it out. We're going to renew the kingdom, but you just need to understand who the real king is. And, and the king is God. And then, of course, he says, now, if you just obey, in spite of all this, God is gracious, and he will go ahead and bless this, and he'll bless Saul if you're obedient. And, of course, uh, we get to chapter 13. Saul's already disqualified out of rebellion, and away we go, right? And uh, we're off to David before, before too long. So, in time, 
in a time when there's no king in Israel, and everyone does that which is right in their own eyes, it's important that we make a concerted effort to renew our commitment to the kingdom of God. Now, this is where I want to draw a parallel. Because we live in a time very much like this. It's just a different season uh, in the dispensational chart. But we live in a time where people are going to be looking for leadership. I mean, they're looking for leadership. And I promise you, the leadership that's coming is not the leadership that they need. But we cannot afford to be caught up in all that, beloved. We're the church of the living God, and our king is the Lord Jesus Christ. And we've already seen the last few years that, that when, it, when, we, when we recognize that, it can cause a lot of angst and a lot of tension in society, right? When you, just, you say, look, my children are not going to be perverts, right? Or whatever stand you want to take on the Bible, uh, you know what? It puts you kind of at odds with where things are going. Why? Because there's one king, and his name is Jesus. And we live in America. We don't even like kings, Right? Well, you shouldn't, by the way. I hate kingdoms, but <clears throat> except God's kingdom. There's only one. Good, we live in the, by the way, man, what a great place to live. America, this experiment with uh, the republic form of government has been outstanding, right? Um, it's outstanding where we don't have to, like, be subservient to a human king. It's never, I mean, it's unbelievable that we've been able to get by with it for so long. But the only reason we have is, is for just a blessing, a season there are a group of people that have understood this concept called the kingdom of God, the fact that we have a, a king and his name is Jesus. Even the founding fathers knew that, that if we didn't actually have a moral based in the word of God, a morality, a, a, a republic form of government like we have will not last if people are immoral. Right? And you can't legislate morality. We're not the law of Moses. So it only comes through the transformation of life that comes through the spirit of the living God dwelling in people. It comes through the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the, the, the fervent and effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The work of the local New Testament church, the work of the individual Christian living out their faith is the key to be a salt and light in this culture specifically that we live in. And it's so important that we take times, at least like once a year, right? We probably should do this all the time, but I just thought today would be a good day since New Year, to just stop and like what, say, wait a minute, Lord. I, we need to make sure we renew the kingdom, right? Now, we don't have to do anything in regard to, to bring in the kingdom as far as that's concerned. God is the king, and he takes care of that. But in our own hearts, we need to realize and recognize the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives, Right? He is the king. Where Israel got off track is they took that onto themselves and they started doing their own thing. And then they began, you know, right now, Laodicea is rights of the people. You know, on one hand, I see, I see people suffering. You know, I just personally made an appeal uh, this, this last week um, to, the, to the principalities and powers for our brothers in India. They're under severe persecution. And you know what? As I'm sending off that information, as I'm, as I'm saying, please send this to the State Department. Please make sure that you know about this. Please make sure that, that somebody knows. On the other hand, I know in my heart of hearts, it doesn't matter what the State Department knows. The only people that can deliver our brothers is the Lord Jesus Christ. And man, they're suffering. We're in a, we're in a, we're in a spiritual war. We can't depend on the arm of the flesh. We've got to depend, on the, depend upon the Lord Jesus Christ. So Saul takes him, or Samuel takes him down here to Gilgal, and Gilgal is the, is the place of, of military and political victory there where, where they came and entered the land and where Jericho was defeated, and uh, they crossed the Jordan River. All these great things that had happened, they were remembering that power that God had bestowed upon them. You remember that day you got saved? Remember that power? Man, I do. I, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't understand any of it, but I knew this. I was free from sin. Didn't even understand what that meant. But I remember the day I got saved, it was like, whoo, wow, I'm different. I don't know what this means, but I'm different. This is real, powerful. That reproach is rolled away. There's nothing better than, like, than, than just asking the Lord to come into your heart, asking to forgive you of your sins, believing that he rose again from the dead, believing that he's doing business with you. And when you ask him into your heart, you, what, you get off the knee, and you, just, you come up off those knees, and you're forgiven. Man. Isn't that awesome? Connie knows. It's good to see you, Connie. Thanks for coming in. Did you drive all the way up this morning? Or? Well, I'm glad you came up, man. It's good to have you. Miss, ma'am, I should say, not man. But anyway, <clears throat> at least one of us are... Yeah, I'm just kidding. Uh, 
No, it, it's good. It's good. Well, I'm glad you came. That's a long haul. And so, um, I don't know where I was going with that, but the, but it's good to be. Oh, we're talking, we're rejoicing in our salvation. That's right. So we're rejoicing in our salvation, and it's such a great thing to know that that reproach is rolled away. Now, for Israel, of course, that reproach that was rolled away was the fact that they had wandered as as vagabonds, in essence, out in the desert for 40 years, and now uh, their disobedience in numbers had, had led them to the place where now they were obedient, and God was giving them finally that opportunity to enter the promised land. And they were able to get all of that. They're there again, and, and, and they're reminded again that God has a purpose for them. After all that time in Judges, after all of the oppression, after they let go of so much, it was time to get it all back. Now, we know that that, that wasn't going to happen under Saul, but it would happen under David and under Solomon, right? It was a new season. And, uh, and God, in spite of all, all that was going to happen, just like in spite of all that's going to happen in the tribulation period, Jesus is going to come back and he's going to rule and reign on the planet. It's going to happen. And, and it's just a season. And so Samuel wanted Israel to remember that having human king was not the solution to their geopolitical and social problems. Remembering the God that drew them out of Egypt and set them in the promised land was worthy of a renewed commitment. Samuel said this in front of Saul, by the way. So this was no secret. From top to bottom, everybody in the kingdom knew uh, that they, that this this situation uh, all revolved around the Lord God. Everyone knew and understood the Lord was the Savior of Israel, not Saul. So here's a practical application: we have to understand when the, the lost world looks for hope in a new year, after a night of drunkenness and reveling, it doesn't make sense for God's people to misplace their hopes in people, places, and things that simply do not deliver. Right? There's a lot of people celebrating, I don't know what. I mean, really, uh, if you don't have Christ, you don't have a new beginning. You've got to have Jesus. So, so many Christians, this is the truth for Christians. Now, this probably isn't y'all this morning because you're here on New Year's Day and all of that. But, but many, many Christians are looking for political solutions instead of biblical solutions. I mean, that is true. I mean, there are people who really think that if you get the right political situation, then everything's going to be okay. Listen. Uh, we certainly need a right political situation. But that doesn't have anything to do with everything being okay. The only thing that saves uh, people is Jesus. And, 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 and political solutions um, are not the same as biblical solutions. We need the Lord Jesus Christ to be exalted. We need a true revival. We need people to be changed from the inside out. What I'm saying is this. Don't settle for political solutions. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with political solutions. I mean, yes, you should vote and you should do all that. There's a lot of angst and anxiety over all that. And is it fair? Is it unfair? Blah, blah, blah. All, I get all that. Be involved. But at the end of the day, don't settle for that. Don't let it get you off track. Stay focused on the thing that really changes souls. And that is the kingdom of God, the, the ministry of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Many Christians are looking for financial so- solutions instead of biblical solutions. They think if I just get more money, more money, more money, right? Inflation's going up. Uh, we don't know what tomorrow will bring. But listen, money's not going to solve the problem. In Jeff's class this morning, he was talking about uh, the poverty of uh, the physical poverty of some of the saints that we've ministered to in other places. And as you go into that poverty, you know what? They have more riches and more joy than anything you've ever seen. Unbelievable. Why? Because the Spirit of God is dwelling in them. <clears throat> Many Christians are looking for social solutions instead of biblical solutions. All this and more is a reminder that we've often forgotten uh, who rolled away our reproach. Our reproach is rolled away by the Lord Jesus. Now, for the world, I expect all that. But for the church, we've got to have a better standard than that. So remember the definition of what renewed is. Renew means to make something new again. That is impossible for us, but for God, it's not. God can take what is old and make it new. As a matter of fact, in Revelation 21, verse 5, it's interesting that after all the kingdoms, all the kingdom business is settled, Revelation 25 says, 21 and verse 5 says, And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these, th- these words are true and faithful. Right? Ultimately, God will make all things new. So Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and he's the only king that can really make anything new. From Genesis through Revelation, we understand that the theme of the Bible is the kingdom. And from the rebellion of Lucifer to the fall of Adam, only God has the power to restore the kingdom and to make all things new. So in 2023, if we want to continue in the perfect peace that God has given us, 
We need to make sure our minds are stayed on the kingdom of God, not the kingdoms of this world. We've got to have a, a higher view, right? A higher view of what's going on. We've got to set our affections on things above. Colossians 3 uh, is not suggesting this. It's commanding us. You want a New Testament commandment? I'm going to give you one. Colossians 3 and verse 1. If ye then be risen with Christ. Are you risen with Christ? Amen. Amen. If ye then be risen with, with Christ, here comes the command, seek those things which are above. So in a new year, when we want to renew our commitment to the kingdom of God, are we seeking those things which are above? Where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. And practically speaking, how are we seeking those things which are above? We say, oh yeah, I'm seeking those things above. How are you doing that? I mean, really. How are you seeking those things that are above? Where Christ sitteth at the right hand of God. And then he says, set your affections. Not exact, he's not asking us, he's telling us. Set your affection not affections, your affection, your singular affection on things above, not on the things of the earth. For ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. He's really saying, hey, I need you to let your emotions catch up with your spiritual reality. If you're really risen with Christ, guess what? You are already dead to this world. Now live like it, right? Set your affection on things above because you're already seated together in heavenly places in Christ. Practically speaking, beloved, I think this is an important. This is like going down to Gilgal and remember, when we got saved, that day that we got saved, it changed our life. It, it, the things of this world, they all affect us, and we all feel weird and wonky about things at times, and we, and we get off track, and we want to bring Saul in when we, when we don't need to. At the end of the day, we've got to go back to what really matters, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ and his word is the only solution for every problem. And we have to set our affection on things above, because if we don't, the world is going to be hurt because of it. We are the light. Jesus said the kingdom of God should be our first priority. Jesus said that, not Brian. So that this point, by the way, doesn't come from me. This is brought to you by Jesus, right? Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. Jesus says, But seek ye the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So Jesus says, Hey, there is a priority. I know that you need food. I know that you need raiment. I know that you need clothes. I, need, I know that you, 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 you want to have a better political situation, a better financial situation, a better, a better social situation. I know you want all those things, but listen, this is what I need you to do. Put your, uh, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these other things will come to pass. So practical steps in renewing our commitment to the kingdom of God is, number one, just pay homage to the king. Right? Give Jesus the first fruit of your time, your talent, and your treasure. I know many of you do that, and praise God for that. And, when you, um, and, and make him the first person on your mind before you go to sleep. You know, I, we got an admonition from uh, Pastor Roger last time he spoke here. It was a good message. He talked a lot about you know, the first thing in the morning you should do is, is spend time in the Word of God. Very good. But you know what? Then he came back around morning and evening. The last thing at night you should do is focus on the Word of God. That kind of hit me in the heart, you know. I'm ta- I'm sometimes I'm watching the news or something, right, before I doze off to sleep. So I was like, yeah, God, he's right. I need, to, I need to get back to that. Morning, noon, and night. Man, let's make sure that we're putting God uh, at first in our mind, and our heart, practically speaking. That's just opening up the Bible. If you haven't opened up the Bible and, and been reading every day in the morning, man, you can start. I'm not about resolutions, but you can be resolute in being obedient to, to start off your day with the Lord Jesus Christ every morning. Open up your Bible. Read the passages of Scripture that God has for you. Pray. Prepare your heart. Be tuned in with the Spirit of God. For goodness sake, that's, the least, uh, that's, a, that's a minor commitment to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And praise his name. Praise his name. If you don't have a song in your heart, you know you need one. There's enough music coming at you from all over the place. You know, you get, you get in the elevator, you get here, you get there. You know. But man, put a song in your heart. I love it sometimes, the songs that, that uh, just come ringing through my heart. And sometimes they're old hymns and stuff I haven't heard for 30 years, 40 years, and then all of a sudden I'll be singing it. It's amazing uh, how God does that. You know, you've got to be intentional, though. You've got to put it in if you're going to get it out. And, and, and do, making sure you're praising the name of the king. It's so important. And make sure that Ephesians 5.18 says, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to your heart to the Lord. So the kingdom of God, it needs people that are praising. That's part of the, that's part of the kingdom work. Giving thanks always for all things unto God 
and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Colossians 3, that same chapter that we were in earlier, as you get further down, it says, And the peace of God shall rule your hearts, uh, to, that, <clears throat> to the which ye are also called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. If we're going to be focused on the kingdom of God, there needs to be some praise going on. Uh, and, and that's how we enter his courts. So <clears throat> we need to make sure that we're, we're, we're praising God, we're reading his words, we're making the Bible uh, reading a daily process, and not just reading, but meditating on it, giving ourselves wholly to it, that the prompting may appear to all. And make sure that we pray back to the Lord what he has spoken to us about. I like what Sam Miles says. One of the things he says is you need to read the word till it reads you. There's times when you get in the Bible and it's like eating green beans. You know, you're just kind of like, ah, oh, this isn't so exciting. But you know what? Eating green beans is good for you, right? Even when you're going through Leviticus and you're treading through the Bible here and you're like, what is this about? I don't, I don't know how many knobs and knobs and, and things I can get. This is just boring me. You know what? Read it anyway because it's good for you. God will bring it to pass. But the main thing is having a commitment to the word of God. And also a commitment to assembling together. And you're here this morning. It's, a, it's the first day of the week. It's the first day of the new year. Praise God. And we need to continue in that. Praise God for that. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 talks about not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. And we know that there's been, um, the last several years, there's been a renewed uh, emphasis on for, uh, assembling together. Uh, but the reality is it's so important, even as we see the Lord approaching. And then lastly is serving the living God. There, there are a million ways to serve and work out our salvation with fear and trembling. But God wants us to, to be a giver, not just a taker. And so find ways that we can give back to the Lord. And I'm not going to give you a lot of specifics. There's a thousand things you can do, even in our church. But just be obedient in the next thing that God is asking you to do. Serve the Lord. Serve the Lord. Romans 7 says this in verse 6. But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead whereas we were held that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. <clears throat> so we, we have the opportunity now to serve where we couldn't serve before uh, because of the spirit of God that's in us. And so I pray that everybody in, the, in, the, in our church body, at least, is finding ways, and I know many of you are, I'm preaching in the choir here, finding ways to serve God. But maybe you're not. Maybe you're sitting on your hands, you're, you're, you're just kind of, you're just soaking it in. Maybe you've been wounded and, and hurt and you just need to get healed. That's good. But God is moving you to a place of service. God wants you to serve in his kingdom. It's the kingdom of God. Now, this is spiritual service. There's lots of ways you can do it with physical activity, but it's a spiritual service. So when we review, we ought to renew and be renewed in our commitment to the kingdom of God. See, Saul or Samuel had to take Israel down and remind them who their king was. And this year, in 2023, we need to be reminded who our king is. Our king is the Lord Jesus Christ, and we should serve him as such, meaning he should have all authority in our life. What is it in our life that we're not allowing him opportunity to, to, to rule in? That needs to go, and we need to give that to him. Point two, we need to be renewed in heart. Psalm 51 verse 10 says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Amen, amen to that. Our spirit will not be right if our heart is dirty. In Psalm 119, and verse 11, David said, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word? With my whole heart have I sought thee, O let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. <coughs> Excuse me. David gives us an outline here in Psalms 51 on how to get our hearts clean. And it starts with acknowledging our transgressions and uh, Psalm 51 and verse 3 says, For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee only have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mayest be justified when thou speakest, and clear when thou judgest. You know, it's important that we don't hang on to sin. We have the Lord's Supper coming up here at the end of the month, and uh, it's a great way to start off a new year, making sure that our hearts are clean, that they're right with God, they're right with one another. This is very similar to what John says in, in 1 John 1, 9, a passage that we often quote, um, you know, kind of like a mantra from our discipleship one. Somebody throw out 1 John 1, 9. Yeah. Yeah, I can tell you're like, whoa, wait a minute. This is not a dial. This is not a monologue. It's a dial. You're going back. back. Okay, good. Very good. Right. So 
If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Right? And so there's a, there is some maintenance that we got to do in our heart. Our hearts, man, they, they're prone to wonder, as the old song says, right? And, uh, and so we got to make sure that we keep them clean and, uh, and keep a clean heart with the Lord. David had to do maintenance on his heart. We got to do maintenance on our heart. <clears throat> and we need to do the math and reckon, uh, reckon ourselves dead indeed unto sin. In Romans 6, 11, the Bible says, Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves, that word reckon is a math term, reckon ye yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God. So you really got to do the math and say, you know what? I feel like I'm alive unto sin and dead unto God. But the truth is, I'm alive unto God and dead unto sin. You see the parallel or the, the, the contrast there? Uh, sometimes that's, we, got that, we got that math equation backward. Right? We feel like we're, we're dead unto to God and alive unto sin. Well, guess what? If you feel like you're alive unto sin, then you've got to, you've got, you haven't done the math right. The truth is, the truth is, if you're born again, you are dead unto sin. You say, yeah, but Brian, I feel like it's on fire. I feel like I'm just full of you know, sinful desire. That kind of rhymes. It could be a song. But anyway, um, <clears throat> listen, beloved, it's, it's, it's not the truth. The truth is that you are dead unto sin. And you've got to believe what the Bible says. Now, your flesh wants to tell you otherwise because it doesn't want to die. My flesh doesn't want to die. Your flesh doesn't want to die. But the truth of the matter is you're dead indeed unto sin. So you've got to do the math. Do the math and reckon ye yourselves uh, to be dead unto sin, but alive, don't just leave it there, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it and the lust thereof. So it's basically what the Spirit of God is telling us through Paul and Romans is, listen, we've got to take control of our lives. We can't, be, we can't be rudderless and allow our sin to control us. No, 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 no. We, that's a bunch of baloney. We, we have the power because we have Christ in us. So we need to take control of our lives. We, our flesh loves to sin, but we're alive under Christ. So don't let sin, don't let it happen. If you do, you're letting it happen. Oh, yeah, but I'm a victim. So this flies in the face of everything that you're learning in our culture today. Because everyone's a victim and nobody controls anything and blah, 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 blah. No, that's, that's what the world, that's fine. That's what the world believes. But what the Bible says is different. The Bible says you're a new creature in Christ. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So renew your mind. That's what Romans 12, 1 and 3 is all about. Renew your mind and, under, and reckon yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. And we all, I'm a preacher, I got to do that. There's times in my life I think, man, my flesh, it, it's just, have you, man, you haven't been with me. What was I, who, I was telling somebody this the other day. Um, I'm a little foggy, I've been on medication, by the way. Um, so uh, I was telling somebody I was, I was needing some sugar. I don't remember who it was. It doesn't matter. So the other day, um, after, after the holidays come, I went a little crazy. And uh, I got off my wagon and I just started eating now, it started off just a little bit, right? You know, my sister makes these little Sybil cookies is what she calls them. They're almond bark and marshmallows and all this stuff and nuts. And it's so awesome. You just bite in and there's a little salt and a little sugar. And it's just like, you know. <laughs> so I have to eat three or four of those, you know. And then, I don't know. Then there's, Amy's got like peanut butter cookies she's made and these other things with the, with the Hershey's kiss in the middle of it. And then there's like all this stuff. And all of a sudden, man, I'm like, I'm like gaining 10 pounds. I'm even exaggerating, literally. Like, I'm like just within a few days. And so once that happens, man, I, I want sugar and I want it like crazy. So I'm like doing every, I'm like looking through the cabinets. I'm like trying to, I mean, it's just like my flesh. I have to reckon myself and say, you know what? I, I cannot let that happen. And so God, so I got sick a week later, and God said, don't worry about it. Now you're not hungry for anything. So anyway, um, <clears throat> but I tell you, it, that flesh is wicked, man. It, it wants what it wants. And uh, my, my flesh likes sugar. There's no doubt about it. That has nothing to do with the message. But moving on. Uh, we, do, we do have to, to come to the place that we understand our sins have been completely washed in the blood, and we're free to walk in newness of life. The gift of eternal life includes the ability to walk in the Spirit so we don't fulfill the lusts of the flesh, including too much sugar. So the Scripture never promises you that you will not have lusts of the flesh. 
right? Your flesh is going to want what it wants, only that we need not to obey them. So the, the, so the, the hard facts for, for Brian then is as much as you think you need sugar and you want sugar, you really don't have to eat it. I don't, but I feel like it. Like if you're in the kitchen with me in the middle of the night, you know, hearing me slamming the doors looking for something sweet to eat, right? Then, then I'm like, I'm like, I'm like an addict. This is terrible, and it's true. Um, I, your flesh wants what it wants, but the truth is, it doesn't need anything other than the air that, that we give it and the opportunity to preach the gospel. Our flesh, we have to. There's a mindset that Paul's talking about here. We use our flesh. It's nothing. It's not that you're. Your body is this evil thing other than in our flesh dwells no good thing. Use your body. You command your body instead of letting your body command you. Don't let your flesh control you. You control the flesh. And get as much out of this carcass as you can for the glory of God, for the king. So David spoke these words after his transgression with Bathsheba was exposed by Nathan the prophet. Now this, this particular point is dealing with the heart. I'm, going, I'm talking a lot about the flesh. But he says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. So why am I bringing this up? Because David, in his flesh, got a hold of some things that he wanted. It was Bathsheba, right? Um, his youthful lust uh, was not under control. And so he went after Bathsheba, and he got what he wanted. And, of course, that caused a lot of problems. Nathan the prophet comes to him and, and calls him out and says, Hey, David, you, thou art the man. So what's David do? Say, oh, man, I need to crucify my flesh. He says, no, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew in me a right spirit. Of course, he didn't have the New Testament promises we have, but the point is simply this. A lot of the the issues reside in the heart. As we go into this new year, we need to remember to, to make sure that our hearts are right with God. We can cover a lot of things up. David just kept on going like nothing was wrong, but in reality, it was all wrong until Nathan the prophet called him out. Beloved, that's really where it's at. We need to make sure that we are, are, are really honest with God in our hearts, that we're not holding sin, that we're confessing sin and dealing with sin. David spoke these words after his transgression with Bathsheba was exposed by Nathan the prophet. And, and you don't want to get into the new year holding on to some sin that you're hiding under the, the, you know, the tent floor uh, like Achan in the book of Judges, or in the book of Joshua, I should say, rather. You want to make sure that if there's something, you're going in this new year and you're, and you're holding on to some wicked sin, something that you're hiding, that you're afraid of, you're ashamed of, hey, man, you don't have to come up here this morning and tell everybody, but can you deal with that? Bring it out from under that tent floor. Let, let it be killed, so to speak. Bring it into light so that you can go forward in this new year with a clean conscience before God and in the sight of men. You don't want that dragging you down. It'll drag everybody else down around you. You need to deal with that sin. <clears throat> the Lord's Supper, again, is coming up at the end of the month. And you don't want to wait until then. If there's some transgression you need to address, do it now. Now, there's not everything in your life you don't need to bring out in public, but some things you do. Um, when you, when you, I had to apologize to Amy yesterday. I was all carnal and kind of grouchy about some things. And I was like, oh, man, sorry. And uh, there's no excuse. Um, I don't get that way very often, but sometimes I do. And so what do you got to do? You got to confess it. And forsake it. Fortunately, she's super gracious with me. But uh, <clears throat> it shouldn't be the pattern either, right? That should be an anomaly. And so deal with it so you can find help and healing. And people you, you uh, have hurt can find the help and healing they need as well. Because chances are, if you're hiding, you're hurting, right? Uh, not you alone, but you're hurting other people. And so you, those people need help. So don't hide that sin. Get your heart right. Deal with it. As you go into this new year, I don't know who I'm talking to. I'm just shooting in the atmosphere here. So if that's you, uh, if that shoe fits you, wear it. If you're hiding sin under the tent floor, it will eventually impact all of us. Proverbs 28:13 says, "He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy." All right. So we've renewed our commitment to the kingdom of God. That renewed our heart. Now we need to renew our strength. Isaiah. 40 and verse 31 says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, and they shall mount up with wings of eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Uh, This point uh, ties us directly into the previous two points. The kingdom of God is spiritual, not physical. In Luke chapter 17 and verse 20 through 21, the Bible says, And when uh, when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdoms of God should come, He answered and said to them, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation, neither shall they say, Lo here or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. 
It's a spiritual kingdom. <coughs> Excuse me. Romans chapter 14 and verse 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Whereas the kingdom of heaven pertains to the physical inheritance of the nation of Israel, which ultimately will be the rule of the earth when Jesus is king, is king in the millennium. Matthew eleven twelve, as John the Baptist was uh, preaching, it says, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. Those are the words of Jesus. So there's this physical kingdom, suffers violence. There's a spiritual kingdom, this kingdom of God, uh, which is in us, the Bible says. So we get worn out when we take on the burdens that are not ours to take. We should wait upon the Lord, and he will renew our strength. At the end of Matthew 11, that same chapter where it's proclaimed that the kingdom of heaven is taken by violence, Jesus says this to his disciples, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So if we want our strength to be renewed, we need to come back to, to a place of learning, um, of the Lord Jesus Christ and his light-bearing burden. The kingdom of God is about bearing light, the light of Christ, in a dark and dying world. In Philippians 2.15, you hear me say this a lot. This is the vision, the true vision of the church. Philippians 2.15, that you may be blameless and harmless as sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom you shine as lights in the world. So God has us here, in essence, to shine a light, right? We are here to magnify God's glory, and to shine uh, this light that God would have us, we can only do that through his strength and his power. Uh, practically speaking, the light comes from our willingness to share the good news of the gospel and the entire counsel of God's word. In 2 Corinthians 4, and verse 3, the Bible says, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. So the gospel itself is light that we share. We are to be a light in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. We have this whole counsel of God's word. It's important that we get it where it needs to go on time. Because the world is blinded. Uh, it says, in the, the, the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. So literally, as we share the gospel, we are literally sharing Christ. Christ is the invisible person of God. He is the light of God. So we need to hold fast to the promises of God when we feel like we have no strength. The irony is that the easiest thing we can do in 2023 often seems like the hardest. The easiest thing that we can do in 2023 it seems like the hardest. He says, hey, listen, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We hear that, we're like, oh, yeah, that's what I want. I want a light burden. Okay, you got one. We, we call it here at HBF intentional gospel outreach. That's your light burden. You are to get the light out intentionally, the gospel. And yet, the easiest thing that we have to do, the light burden that we have, is oftentimes the hardest thing that we, we do. Right? It seems like, man, I don't have the strength. I'm too scared. Why? Because you're dealing with spiritual, you're dealing with spiritual things. The kingdom of God is spiritual. It's not physical. And we have to be trained in our minds and our hearts so that we can have the strength to do the spirit, spiritual work that God has given us, which is simply... Take this light burden and share it with the world. You say, well, it doesn't seem so light. I know. That's why we need Jesus. It's his power. It's his glory. It's light because it is a simple message. But you know what? It takes, it takes, it takes us getting together every week, multiple times a week, and encouraging one another to continue in this. And that's the way God designed it because he knows we're against the forces of darkness. We're in a battle between good and evil, light and darkness. And it's a, and it's a burden that we have. Not everybody out here has, has light. We are the light bearers in this world. We come from the kingdom of God, and we are here. We represent. He didn't just get me out of here the day I got saved. He left me here. He left you here. He put this church here to get the light to this world. And, beloved, we need to be, call upon God to give us the strength to do that. And that gets into making disciples. That gets into all the things that we do. You think it's easy to, to bear the light. It's not as easy as you think. You'd be praying for our pastoral team. These guys... Um, they're, they're not getting any younger. I'm not getting any younger. Pray for us that we have the physical strength. But why? Because we need a, the spiritual strength. And that the next crop coming up, the next group of people, the next disciples, we've got to get the light into people so it can get out. And by God's grace, that's what we'll continue to do. We need God's divine strength 
to hold fast to the promises of God's word. And so, hey, you, gotta, you need to make sure that you hold fast when you feel like you have no strength. Paul learned that when he was weak, that's when God showed himself strong. Right? 2 Corinthians 12, 8, the Bible says, For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me, that he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. He found out, you know what? The, the, the weaker I am, the stronger Christ is. 2 Corinthians 4.16, For which cause we faint not, but though the outward man perish, the inward man is renewed. There's that word renewed, day by day. There's a renewing process. It's not just annually, it's every day. We're like that tree planted by the river of waters, getting renewed in our strength every day, every day, every day. It's so important that we do that as we go forward into 2023. Sometimes we suffer loss that makes it so hard to go forward. Paul had a thorn in his flesh that troubled him. God used this in his life to make him dependent upon the Lord. So remember that the Lord is your strength. I counted 20 times in the Old Testament where the proclamation was made that God was the strength of Israel. God said to the Philadelphian church, you have little strength in Revelation 3.8, but I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door and no man can shut it, for thou hast little strength and hast kept my word and hast not denied my name. And God took it from there. He doesn't need our strength. We need his strength, and he's got plenty of it. Because we have the indwelling Holy Spirit, we have the power of the kingdom of God within us. And that's why Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1.7, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but power and of love and a sound mind. So when you put that together, you understand that where does our true source of power come from? Where does our strength come from? It comes from the spirit of God. The, the Spirit of God is Christ in us. The day that we got saved, the Spirit of God indwelt us. And so our strength comes from Him. We, need to, we don't really have, we have an unlimited supply of spiritual strength through Christ. The problem is not the spiritual strength. The problem is us, our carnality. If we're not walking in the Spirit, we certainly won't have the spiritual power, we will, and we'll be miserable. We'll be faking it with God. We'll be quenching the Spirit. We'll be grieving God. Colossians 3, 9 says, Lie not one to another seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, with his, which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him. Let's not lie to one another, right? Let's put off the old man and put on the new. When we're truly uh, at the end of ourself, we'll find our strength in God. You know, there was a time I was at City Union Mission and this guy comes up to the altar. <clears throat> and I'll never forget this because it, it might have been his last day. I don't know what happened to him. But there was some drug people there and they were threatening his life. And man, he was running to the altar, and he was just, and he was like praying, and then he was talking to me, and then he was praying some more, and then he was talking to me, and he was praying some more, and the guys in the in the audience out there, they were just mocking him, like, hey, they ain't gonna save you, man, they ain't gonna save you, nothing's gonna save you now, you know, because they had to, probably had a hit on him, or somebody was after him, or something, and I don't know whatever happened to that guy, but I do know this, he understood some things. He understood <coughs> that, that there was nothing on this planet other than God that was going to help him. And Now, it may have been too late. I don't know. I don't know if he got saved or not. I really don't know. He was beside himself with fear and, and panic. But um, So I don't know if he really trusted Jesus or not. I prayed with him, I think, more than one time. But I don't know if he even lived past that day or not. But I know this. That guy was running, finally. He was finally running to the only place that was ever going to help him, and it was to God. Man, I pray that we wouldn't wait till the end of our life, till the last day, till the devil's on your tail, he's about to kill you, and you finally go, oh, man, I better run to God. No, the time to come to Christ is, is when, you, when you need, you need a strength now. You need a strength today. Uh, you don't want to wait until it's over. And so it's interesting, that guy really... Uh, he finally ultimately realized there was nothing, his, his, his uh, wisdom, uh, his cunning, his, uh, his street prowess, nothing was going to help him. Only God could help him. And I don't know if God helped him or not in that day, but if he got saved, he did. So don't forget that the joy of the Lord is your strength. One last thing about this thing about strength I want to bring up. You guys know Nehemiah 8, uh, 10 through 11. It's important that we, we, get, we understand that the joy of the Lord is our strength. 
Then he said unto them, Go your way, and eat the fat, and drink the sweet, and send portions unto them, for nothing is prepared. For this day is, not, is holy unto the Lord. Uh, neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites stilled all the people, saying, Hold your peace, for the day is holy. Neither be ye greed. You know, reviewing what has been in the past makes us sad because what we see before us isn't as majestic as what maybe it once was. And it could be, um, it could be our life, it could be our health, it could be our opportunities. Sometimes, sometimes things in the future don't look as good as they did in the past. And so when they dedicated the temple in Nehemiah, many of the older Jews that were alive during the, uh, in 606 B.C. saw the original temple. And when they dedicated this new temple, they were just grieved, seeing that, wow, this is just not, you know, this is not what it was. It's important, though, that we remember uh, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And, of course, they stilled the people, and they said, wait, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Don't, don't, be, don't be lamenting on a day when God says we should be rejoicing. If we're seeking joy, you can find it in the words of God. In 1 John chapter 1, and verse 4, the Bible says, And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. You know where you're going to really find joy? You're going to find it in the Word of God, through the Spirit of God. This book is where you find the joy. Right? Things in this life, they'll come and they go. But you know what we have to look forward to is what's ahead. Man, that's where the joy comes from. It's not the things of this earth. That's why those, that's why those Jews were sad, because they were looking at that temple and they were remembering what was. They didn't really have it trained in their mind what will be, right? They hadn't read Ezekiel's prophecy. And so there's a physical temple coming, and they did, certainly didn't understand the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and all the inheritance that we get in the kingdom of God. But we do understand that. And Ephesians 4.23 says, And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. It is something that we have to train our minds on so that we have that joy and that strength that God gives us. So don't enter 2023 without being full of joy. Don't let sin rob that. Don't let anything rob that. Would you say your joy is full this morning? Like in your joy cup, is it half empty? Is it half full? Jeff was just talking about that this morning. Is it experiential and emotional or is it biblical, right? Are you, are you experiencing a biblical joy that comes from the Holy Ghost? Because that's the only true joy that you can have. And so um, Ephesians 4.23 says we should be renewed in the spirit of our mind. <clears throat> what, would you say your joy is full half, or half empty uh, this morning? These things have been written unto us that our joy may be half empty. No, full, right? The Bible's been written to us that our joy may be full. So lastly, right, we're renewed, we, we need to renew our commitment to the kingdom of God, to a renewed heart, a renewed strength, and then a renewed repentance. Lamentations 5.21 says, Turn unto, uh, unto thee, O Lord, and thou shalt, be, uh, shalt renew our days as of old. If you look back on your life in review and see the promises that you have forgotten, it's time to repent and, and uh, do the first works. In 1 Thessalonians 1.8, the Bible says, For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to God were to spread abroad, so that we need not speak anything. For, for they themselves show unto us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how ye turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. And wait for the Son of Man from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. You see, idols are anything that we worship in place of God. If there's anything we've exalted above God, we need to lay it aside and serve the living and true God. That'll give us a great start for 2023. And if you turn to God, he'll turn to you, just like it says here in, in, uh, in the book of Lamentations. And uh, also, like you see in Luke chapter 15 and verse 20. Perhaps the thing that you need more than anything in 2023 is to know, <coughs> excuse me, that you're right with God the Father. Man, what a what a what a great way to start things off. Maybe, and I doubt it on an, honestly New Year's Day. Um, probably probably the prodigal is not in the house, but it could be. If a prodigal's here, man, the best way to start off your your new year is to come back to the Father. You want to be right with the Father. If you've been living in the pig lot. Come to the end of yourself and return home because your Father is waiting for you. When you review and you look back on things in the, in the past, you know what? <clears throat> There's all kinds of things that God can renew. The most important thing is our relationship with Him. Maybe this year uh, you're in a situation where you've allowed your relationship with the Lord to kind of wane. Man, repent. 
just simply change your heart and mind, turn to Christ, and he'll, he'll turn to you. He's re- ready and waiting to restore that fellowship with you. This gets back to the thrust of the, of the New Year's Day message. As we review the, the past year and the past decade, the past uh, in our life, all the way from the time that Jesus Christ died to save us till now, um, <clears throat> there's some ground that can be lost, but there's also ground that can be reclaimed. If we're still breathing, right, like Paul told the Philippians, uh, you know, he, he rejoiced in the gospel from the first day until now. As long as you're breathing... God is going to do a work in you, and he wants to fulfill his will in you. So no matter where you've been, you can be encouraged and have a new start in 2023. And like the temple in, in the time of Nehemiah or the altar in the time of Asa, there are things that, can, that, that we cannot go back and undo, but we can dedicate ourselves to allowing God to renew the things that we do have. Right? God can renew the things that we do have. And we do have the Word of God, we do have the Spirit of God, and we have the Church of the Living God. And those are three areas that we need to make sure that we are faithful to allow God to renew in our life um, <clears throat> uh, this year. So the four things that we saw this morning, uh, which, by the way, is just a study of the word renewed and renew in the Bible, um, is that we need to renew our commitment to the kingdom of God, renew our, commitment, or renew our heart, renew our strength, and renew our repentance. And so as we conclude this morning... Um, I appreciate you all coming out here on New Year's Day. Maybe you need to have a new start. Maybe it's a time in your life where you need to have a new start, and this is a great time to have it. If you stand with me in an attitude of prayer, we're going to conclude uh, right now. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity uh, to gather together this morning. I pray a blessing on the reading and the hearing of your word. Thank you for people like Connie who have traveled a long distance to be here this morning. I pray that she's renewed and encouraged in the Lord. I pray that that, Lord, that your saints would be encouraged today in the Word of God. Thank you so much for uh, giving us this opportunity to, to worship on a new year, a new set.